0: Hi, I'm your host, Brittany Spence, and this is In the Face of Illness. We are a podcast committed to cultivating a greater understanding of the many resources available for families facing childhood illness, because we believe this is a vital topic of conversation, not only for families in the throes of the fight, but for everyone. Ultimately, we are here to offer hope in the face of illness. Kelsey and Jake Kraft live in Collierville with their five-year-old twins, Henry and Lucy. Jake is a project manager at A-Team Roofing in Collierville, and Kelsey is a stay-at-home mom and caregiver to Henry. At four weeks old, Henry was diagnosed with Group B Strep Meningitis and sepsis, resulting in strokes and a diagnosis of cortical visual impairment and severe global developmental delays. The four of them love spending time together as a family and are excited to share their story in hopes that it will help other families going through similar situations. We are honored to have Jake and Kelsey with us today. Um, I have known Kelsey a really long time. We go um, very far back, and so it's fun to have both of you here with us today um, telling your story. We're so glad you're here. Um, So we have both of them on with us today, which is always a fun treat to have both parents. Um, So let's just start um, a little bit about, um, first off, twins. (laughs) So exciting. (laughs) The fact that your sister also had twins, (laughs) (laughs) boy-girl
1: twins. Obviously, it's somewhere
0: in your family, right? Well,
1: (laughs) that's what that's our funny go to saying is it is now. But actually what we were not aware of and what my sister was not aware of (laughs) was that my dad's side of the family has like multiple sets of twins. There's nobody in our immediate family, Uh like nobody, no, no cousins, nothing like that. We had never heard of these family members before, but there apparently are tons of sets of twins. Wow. So, I mean, that is really amazing.
0: It's crazy. And how many years apart? Three? Were y'all, your twins sets of twins?
1: Oh gosh, Uh, how far apart are they? They just turned one. They turned one this weekend. A little over four years. Okay. Okay. Wow. Because her twins just turned, yeah, one this weekend. That is amazing.
0: Um, Okay, so you find out you're pregnant. mm -hmm. You then
1: find out you're pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. Did you also find out that it's boy-girl twins? We, not at the same time that we found it out that it was twins okay um we actually found out that it was twins super early on i had a weird gut feeling um as soon as i got a positive pregnancy test my feet swelled up like immediately it was just bizarre wow i was like this is not normal but there's (laughs) no way that i could have twins like that's just not possible and so i told the doctor going in i was like i'm i know this is crazy but i really feel like there's twins so she did the ultrasound and she was like What'd she say? Well,
2: it's like, well, I don't want to freak you out, but there are two heartbeats here. Uh-uh. And I was like,
1: I cannot even believe this. <laughs> like you said. knew. That's yeah. not what I said. I just laughed. And like I just a nervous laugh laughed for, like for like five, five minutes. minutes. Uh-uh. That is hilarious. Yeah, it was wild. That's actually the only time I ever got sick was that day, that night after all the stress and anxiety. It's the only time I ever I thought
2: she was just being anxious and stressed and I was like it's we're <laughs> we're not having twins there's no way. like uh-uh. don't no and then sure enough sure it really was mm-hmm. yes
0: so then fast
1: forward find out boy girl normal pregnancy mm-hmm. everything went well everything we had a totally normal pregnancy um I had some issues with preeclampsia okay. towards the end but I carried them to almost 37 weeks um and there were no yeah. No issues with the pregnancy. No nothing. Mm-hmm. There really weren't any issues with um I had technically had an emergency C section because Henry's heart rate started to drop okay. and I spiked a fever, which is yeah. strange for the situation, even though his uh, group B strep was late onset. Um, but we can get into that later. But uh yeah, I had an emergency C section. But other than that, mm. it was totally normal. So it yeah. went into normal labor. I was induced because okay. of preeclampsia. Okay. I was okay. like miserable. Okay. I mean, yeah, busting at the seams. Miserable. Okay. Um, And they sent us over to the hospital and okay. then induced us. Okay. And I labored for like 36 hours. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like that sounds like a long time. I didn't feel any of it. Yeah. I didn't progress. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. And then
0: his heart rate started to kind of drop, concerns, mm-hmm. C-section. So they come out. They're... Three-plus weeks early, but good sass. No NICU to, time.
1: No mm-hmm. NICU time. Literally get to go home with y'all. And so that was that was kind of the biggest shock when Henry did get sick was, you know, the whole my whole pregnancy, I was just like, if I can just make it to mm-hmm. 12 weeks, if I can mm-hmm. just make it to viability, if mm-hmm. I can just make it 28, 34, yeah. and then I made it to 37, and I was like, I, you know, this is great. Yeah. Just want them to be healthy. That's yeah. all. And yeah. it just never even... Crossed our mind at yeah, the time. that Everything it could, was pretty
2: textbook and normal up until he did get sick. Yeah. I mean, the first four weeks were as sleep deprived and, yeah. and normal as it can be with two twins. Yeah. Twins.
0: And were they both, um, like, what, what were they both size-wise? Oh, I was oh, just goodness. looking
2: at
1: this today. Um,
2: I want to say Lucy was like... Four pounds, nine ounces, maybe? Yes, and Henry
1: was five pounds, one ounce. Okay, so they're right in the close to the five. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so come home, they're eating fine, they're doing fine, all the normal stuff. I mean, you know, that we all that have had children know is utterly exhausting times, (laughs) too. Um,
1: And then tell me about four weeks. So we were living in Little Rock at the time. Um, We The babies were born on November 30th. Um, We went to, we came home to Memphis to celebrate Christmas with our family. Um, I think on the 19th or 20th of December and everything was normal, uh, hindsight 2020. Mm -hmm. I wish that I had not passed my children around the way that I did, but I, you know, I was excited for everybody to meet them. And like I said, I birthed them. They were healthy. Mm -hmm. That's really all that I was thinking about. Um, and on the 28th.
2: So on the 27th, I think we started to notice him just being fussy
0: Still in Memphis. I'm mm-hmm. still here. Yep.
2: yep. And so we kind of chalked it up. We had just changed formula. Mm. And so we kind of chalked it up to that. And we've even been told after the fact that a doctor would have looked at him and chalked it up to a change in thing. formula. Mm-hmm. He's gassy. He doesn't feel well. But we noticed like, oh, he's a little more fussy than usual. Um, and so go home, you know, go to bed, all that stuff. And then the morning of the 28th, we're staying at my parents' house, so I get up with the kids. My mom's helping me out. Let Kelsey go back to sleep for a little bit, and uh, he woke
1: me up around ten thirty. Well, Henry's
2: very lethargic and non-responsive, mm-hmm. and wouldn't drink his bottle. And we're like, something's wrong. Let's yeah. take him to the minor or you know little clinic, minor med, whatever. Which
1: didn't open until three. And I remember Lucy that. Still, Lucy was totally normal, yeah. totally fine, not mm-hmm. so, uh, showing any signs of sickness. So the. The speed with which all of this happened is absolutely insane. So he went from just fussy to non-responsive. And I say non-responsive. It wasn't like we were shaking him and he wouldn't wake up or anything Mm -hmm. like that. He was just very lethargic. Very lethargic. Um, And we decided that we couldn't wait until 3.00. To make it to the minor med and that we needed to head to Methodist Germantown. And so my mother-in-law went to put Henry in the car seat and he had an apnea episode. Mm. So he stopped breathing. Um and I hear all this hollering downstairs. I hear, you know, y'all need to call 911. I mean, just mm. total panic ensued. When the EMT showed up, all of his vital signs were completely normal. Mm. He was running zero fever. Um, A little bit of a backstory. I struggled from severe postpartum anxiety Mm -hmm. around the 10 day mark postpartum. And so I had just started um, clonazepam, Mm -hmm. which is technically safe Mm -hmm. and it doesn't typically pass through the breast milk. Mm -hmm. But my psychiatrist and pediatricians, they were all in on it. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was like, just keep an eye on it if Mm -hmm. they start acting strange. Take them in, and so I mentioned that to the EMTs, and they're like, "Well, his vital signs look normal. They were wonderful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want this to sound like I'm criticizing them. They're like, it's really up to you whether or not you want to take him in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he stopped breathing. Oh. You know, like that's just I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. Um. And so he rode in the ambulance. I rode in the ambulance with him. He sat in his car seat. He was breathing normally. They had the, you know, whatever all the He was hooked up to everything he needed to be in the ambulance. Had you both seen him stop breathing or was it just your mother-in-law? I never saw him stop breathing until we got to the ER. Did you see him stop breathing? I don't know. He was very gray. Um,
2: You'd look at him and know, like, this is not not normal. normal, Something is going on. And was he
1: still like that when the EMTs came? Like the coloring and things? Yes, but it, it just... I don't even know how to describe it. I don't want it to, I don't want to make it sound like they did anything wrong. It just wasn't, yeah, just so clear. Right. Yeah.
2: Everything from their assessment of him looked so normal that they were fine saying, like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, y'all just, y'all take him in if you want, if you want us to take him in. Mm -hmm. And so we made that decision because if they take them in, we get right in. Mm-hmm. If we take them in, we're sitting in the waiting room waiting. So yeah. we are like, Thank yes, y'all God take them in. that didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Because when we got to the ER, so you rode in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. She,
2: yeah.
1: Um, we got to the ER around, I want to say like 1145.
2: Yeah.
1: Straight to Germantown Methodist or Le Bonheur? Straight to Germantown, Germantown. Methodist. Okay. Um, and just want to give a shout out to Dr. Jonathan Jacobs, because he saved my son's life. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the information that he was given about the clonazepam, things like that, he made the executive decision to go ahead and start the full septic workup. Mm-hmm. So Henry was started on antibiotics almost as soon as we arrived in the ER. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but they went to go do a spinal tap on him and he crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I, I don't, I never asked. I don't know if they had to revive him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was another apnea episode. I'm just not sure so he went from normal vital signs to absolute full-blown septic shock and needing to be intubated at germantown methodist Mm. he wasn't even stable enough to be transported via ambulance or lifelight um for a few hours after Mm. that so it went from everything was textbook normal Mm -hmm. other than you know the the coloring and the uh apnea episode to heart rate in the high 200s like Could not get him stabilized to transport downtown. Mm. Finally got him transported downtown. Um, I rode in the ambulance and they told Jake, they were like, if we turn the lights on, that means that something bad has happened and we need. No,
2: they said if they turn the lights on, it's just for like for traffic. Either it's something bad or for traffic. So I'm following the ambulance and the lights kick on and I'm like and so what? we
1: just start flying down the start interstate i mean mm-hmm. i was i was facing i don't know what i'm laughing i was looking out the window just bawling crying because i was scared at this point mm-hmm. um, obviously mm-hmm. um my parents actually met us downtown um i'll never forget that uh and we were literally he was in an incubator and ventilated mm-hmm. at the intubated at this time um and we were raced directly from the ambulance bay up to a picky room where, I mean, probably at least a dozen. Yeah, It was all
2: hands on deck. Yeah, mm-hmm. all hands
1: on deck. Um, So, Jake, you were following behind. Mm-hmm. Lucy's
0: been left with your parents, Jake, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. Okay, so you're somebody. following behind. <laughs> she was with somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think she was with my parents or a neighbor or somebody. <laughs> she, but she was, she was not me. with me. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: so you're following behind. You just, like, park and run in. Mm-hmm. They immediately take
1: y'all up to the PICU and just start working on him to get him. Well, we, so back up a little bit. We had time to kind of gather ourselves a little bit at Germantown Methodist while we were waiting on him to be stabilized. Mm -hmm. And we we went into this that uh, Dr. Jacobs was like, I was like, what are we looking at here? Like, what's going on? You know, are we going to be in the hospital for like, what's what? what should we expect? And he was like, well, the bare minimum is a 48 hour stay for a septic shock or for sepsis Mm -hmm. workup. And I was like, all right, sent him back to Collierville while we were still at Germantown Methodist to get clothes for two days. Mm -hmm. And so we were prepared for the night at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we got there, I asked the nurse who coincidentally, we actually knew. um, I was like, can you give me any sort of Mm timeframe? Like what, what are we looking at here? And she was like, it could be anywhere from two to six weeks. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of when I was like, "Um, we're dealing with something super serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were not able to get a spinal tap on him until that evening like late that night okay um, but they had gotten one at Germantown no he crashed mm-hmm. they were unable to so get they it didn't
0: even able to get it okay. but they
1: did start him on the full blown mm-hmm. antibiotics yeah. at Germantown Methodist yeah. yeah um and when they did the spinal tap on him um, at lebonner it was it was it was green fluid mm. um, and so they knew right away that it was meningitis Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And they didn't know that it was Group B Strep Mm -hmm. until, you know, the culture started growing. Um, But yeah, that is the beginning of that story. (laughs) (laughs) So in the PICU, and at this point too, are they
0: starting to be like, you've got to bring Lucy in, we've got to see if Lucy has it, or? So
1: nothing hit us fully until the middle of the night. Okay. I remember actually playing phase 10 with friends up there in mm-hmm. the room. We knew he was sick. We mm-hmm. knew he was on a ventilator. We just didn't know how sick he was. Mm-hmm. If anybody had mentioned group B strep, I would have immediately been like, oh, my gosh, I need to call Brittany, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until about 2 o'clock in the morning. A doctor came in, and he was like, I can't remember his exact words, but it was basically like, do you understand the magnitude of what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he and I were like, He's sick, but please elaborate. And he was like, if he makes it to the morning, if he survives this, he will have devastating deficits. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Mm -hmm. my whole, the whole trajectory of my life changed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was like I slammed full force into a brick wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it felt so much more unexpected than it should have been because, like I said, we were in the PICU. Mm -hmm. He was you know intubated mm-hmm. but it was it was like it was kind of almost like god was protecting me mm-hmm. up until that point and then that's when everything kind of came crashing mm-hmm. down uh, my mom was in the picky waiting room sleeping there that night and she called my mother-in-law and she was like you got to get back here cuz so going to ask well. cuz
0: your mom's background is mm-hmm. a nurse and yes.
1: so um and still a nurse but she was actually working that day she was working the laboner er so my dad drove directly to La and they both met us in the ambulance bay and wow. she was able to take off right then like mm-hmm. somebody covered her shift mm-hmm. um and they met us they met us at the ambulance bay and went right up with us mm-hmm. to the picu So, do you did, and I don't know if you've asked these questions
0: to your mom because, because when David and I look back, you know, David, with his medical background, was a lot more aware of the magnitude of what was going on with Forrest and what potentially that would look like long term than to me, who had no medical knowledge.
1: Did your mom grasp at all? what the magnitude of what this is after talking to my mom and my mother-in-law it sounded like everybody knew but us Mm. and i know that that's not the case Mm -hmm. but it sounded like you know everybody knew the magnitude and we were just kind of being protected i knew
2: how serious it was and we were just kind of like his mom kids yeah my mom is also nurse and has a nursing background so that helped too being at home uh, having her there, and so her mom had seen Henry the night before on, on the December twenty seventh,
1: and she was like, "He's pulling a little bit right here. We need to watch that."
2: A little concern, and but I just, just remember kind being of like, "Mom, come it. on,
1: don't stress me out. Like, don't give me anxiety." Yeah, and that's the night that he was doing the telltale signs of what I know now to be late onset GBS meningitis—the grunting and the noises like that. Um, but our both of our parents have a background mm-hmm. in, and I just don't think anybody. I think we really just assumed that it was the clonazepam causing this mm-hmm. and that it had gone through my breast milk mm-hmm. and was making him the way that he was yeah. along with the formula change that had happened in, all in the same time yeah. all in the I same think, time frame.
2: I think for us, it was a lot of like, this happens to other people. Mm-hmm. This, like, our kid's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the hospital for a few days while they fix. At least, like, I I can think back and think that's what was going on with me is like, this doesn't happen to us. This ha- These are stories you read about on Facebook or, you know, friend of a friend shares a post and everything like that. Um, and so I think that's where probably some of like the, I don't even know the word to use, but just like the blindness to it all mm-hmm. is just like I'm not really focusing on what this could be because quote unquote this doesn't happen mm-hmm. to people you know type thing. And Mom- then that conversation in the middle of the night was like Oh, crap, this happens to us. This is happening to us.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a talk. Um, The talk was such that I began to play my son's funeral the next morning Um, in my head, obviously. I wasn't going to, you know, speak that out loud, but we sobbed ourselves to sleep, audible weeping. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've just never felt anything like that before Mm -hmm. in my life. And I haven't felt anything like that since. Um, Sobbed ourselves to sleep. My mom, was in the waiting room she was sleeping in there she called his mom mm-hmm. and was like you need to get down here you know this is not this is not good mm-hmm. it's not looking good at all um and so we woke up very early that morning it was light outside and i remember having a brief moment of what's going on yeah where am i and then the worst pain and grief that i had ever felt mm-hmm. in my life said it and i was like oh my gosh this mm-hmm. is real this is our reality um at that point, we were surrounded by our families. Um, and this is
0: all technically December 29th, like one day yeah. mm-hmm. later. Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: this was our first, this was after the first night in the you. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it was the same morning that you and David mm-hmm. came up. And I just went, this is skipping to what has the Forest Spence Fund done for you. I will never, as long as I walk this earth, ever forget yours and david's presence in that room Mm -hmm. um i was less than 12 hours into this journey Mm -hmm. and i remember wondering how on earth you were able to walk into that room and be around this situation and i i just will never forget it the y'all i don't even know how to describe it y'all being there and showing up meant everything in the entire world mm-hmm. um, to us. And it gave me such comfort knowing that y'all were there. But I just remember being shocked, being like, how can they mm-hmm. be in this room? You know, how can they do this on a weekly basis? And it just, I I respect you so much. And I say that looking you dead in the eyes, I'm very serious. I, I'll never forget it. And we're so grateful that y'all were there mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and rallied around us. Um, but yeah, that next morning we woke up. Uh, I remember... I was like, I was determined. I was like, he's not going to die. Like, this, mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I can. I know there's nothing I can do, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's he's not going to. I sat in on all the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually only in the pediatric ICU for two nights. Okay. And then we got moved to the neuro ICU because he began having seizures. Okay. Still um, ventilated. Yes. He okay. was ventilated for a little over a week. Okay. Um,
0: okay. but so he started having seizures really on day kind of three.
1: He's... His first seizure was a seven minute long seizure overnight. I remember waking up because they had all the lights on in the room and they had warned us. They told they the doctors mm-hmm. and the nurses were great about saying, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to have setbacks and you're going to have mm-hmm. uh It's going to be a journey a roller coaster yeah yeah. and i remember them preparing us for seizures but again i was like that's not gonna happen he's gonna be fine yeah um still just a little bit delusional and i remember waking up in the middle of the night and i was like did he have a seizure and she was like it was seven minutes long and i was like Mm -hmm. all right and then he had to have a platelet transfusion what i didn't know at that time was how critical Mm -hmm. (laughs) of a situation it was for him to have a platelet transfusion while this was all going on um the next day we were moved to the neuro icu okay. which is where we were for about a week i think
2: yeah i don't remember yeah, yeah timelines and all that yeah
0: okay usually you yeah typically you stay in the icu while you're intubated mm-hmm. and then once they get them off intubation you know they'll try
1: if they're stable enough they'll they'll send you to a floor so about somewhere after getting extubated so he's starting to show signs he started to show signs of improvement he was opening up his eyes okay. um, he was responsive to us talking to him and touching okay. him he was okay. breathing over the okay. ventilator okay. okay i think on the last day before he was extubated he was consistently breathing over the ventilator and mm-hmm. they were like you know he's good to go we're yeah. going to extubate him okay. but just to just to give you a heads up yeah. one he might have to go back on the ventilator right. if this doesn't work and two he's likely going to need uh, a nasal cannula mm-hmm. a- at the bare minimum you know while we're up here and mm-hmm. probably for the rest of your hospital stay i was like all right so they extubated him and they put that nasal cannula in and that man ripped that uh-uh. thing as a four-week-old little boy ripped uh-huh. that thing out of his nose and never needed another hint of oxygen again wow wow um so he's a stubborn so little fighter he was a little fighter. Yeah. oh yes <laughs>
0: yes um okay and, and now because at some point lucy does come in yes
1: mm-hmm. okay so the day on the 29th um i don't re- i can't recall the events leading up to what got her there mm-hmm. other than
2: well i think your mom advocated for her to at least get tested mm-hmm. and so um you know we we push for that to get tested and
1: surprisingly we had a little bit of pushback from the ER doctor that was on call um, and
2: There's at some point,
1: point- the head nurse, the charge nurse, made a de- an executive decision and was like, we are admitting her because her twin brother is dying upstairs. Mm-hmm. And where meningitis, where, where bacterial meningitis is in one twin, it is likely in the other twin. Mm-hmm. And it turns out her after they tested her urine, it did show a positive mm-hmm. for GBS. But she never showed any signs of illness. Like, thank God we caught it early. Mm-hmm. Um and she had she She's stayed with for us like week, for right? yeah, like I think seven to ten days. They did the full okay. septic workup on her, which okay. again, totally grateful for. Um Gave and her a full round of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not okay. the twenty-one day antibiotics yeah. that Henry had, but I know that they yeah, were at least seven, seven day. days. Okay. Um, which was actually a huge blessing to us mm-hmm. because we were able to go back and forth That's from insane, yeah, that we were all in the same but They building. were both there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't exactly. know if I'm allowed to say this. We were going from hell to mm-hmm. our Baby girl, so mm-hmm. it, you know we had this yeah. kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it, like.
2: Somewhat of like a reprieve. A, a little, little bit, s- yeah. Going upstairs and it not being the end of the world.
1: And also, just n- not us having to be separated from her because yeah. mm-hmm. they would never let a baby, mm-hmm. you know, in the pick you. And it was hard to not see her for a few days, but you know when she did get admitted, it was yeah a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're both there. He's. Showing more signs of seizing?
1: He seized, I think, three or four times. He had some more seizures up in the neuro ICU, um, but they were never as long as seven minutes, and okay. it showed signs of getting better because they were getting shorter and shorter. Okay, um,
0: On meds, though?
1: Yes. Okay. They had him on several seizure medications. Okay. Is um, he still
0: today? Mm-hmm.
1: He was on... He is not today, okay. um, but they had him on Keppra, for, which is a seizure medication, mm-hmm. for a full year just okay. because... Yeah. A seizure disorder is very common with okay. the parts of the brain yeah. um, that, that were damaged. Effective. We actually didn't even find out. Backtracking a little bit more, we found out on New Year's Eve um, that we got his MRI results back. Mm-hmm. And the MRI results were atrocious. Over mm-hmm. 50% of his brain was damaged. Um, I asked the doctor, I literally asked this, I said, I just need you to give me like a gr- a, a grain of hope. And they were like, I don't have anything that we can concretely give you. And mm-hmm. I just remember all of our family was in the room then, and it was just, it was terrible when we got those MRI results back. Um, it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was really awful. And that
0: was New Year's Eve. It
1: was New Year's mm-hmm.
0: Eve. Then he starts to show signs of like, okay, maybe, maybe we're starting to see that he's improving. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so y'all are there. Well, they, so I asked, on the second morning of rounds i said is my son like are we out of the woods as long as as far as him surviving mm-hmm. just the meningitis and they were like we are 97% sure that he is going to live mm. but you know live is we don't is, know what that looks like, yeah. that looks like. Mm-hmm. so that we knew that he was not in danger of dying anymore because he was getting better the cultures were coming back better um it's but when a those.
2: what is from here on look like
1: yeah so we waited three days for the mri results and then obviously we were praying for mm-hmm. minimal damage that's not what we got um well, and also
2: this going back to new year's eve like our parents have told their version of that story that night because that was that was the worst night um like the worst news we got out of all of it but our parents have gone back and be like don't don't you remember what happened next and um i don't know what happened but I don't know how long of a, you know, period it was, but that same night Kelsey was like, no, we're not going to be like, we're not going to sit here and just wallow. You know, like she would tell people, like, I need, like, I have to be strong Mm -hmm. for Henry. We have to be strong for Henry. So if you can't come in here and like be strong with me, like you're allowed to be sad, but
1: get out, please do that in the
2: hall or in the waiting room because like, and she said like, I'm going to be the mom that does I'll, I'll move mountains. I'll do whatever it takes, you know to Do whatever is needed for him. And so
1: we knew he was gonna live at that mm-hmm. point It was that we were basically told yeah, that
2: there's this real sharp
1: quality of love. twist oh,
2: Yeah in like the the emotional roller coaster of like the lowest point worst news to like Nope, here's the game plan. Everybody get your game face on we're all fighting
1: Mm-hmm. And it's I remember amazing. that, but I don't know where it came from. That mm-hmm. was not from me at all.
2: Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was it was after New Year's that things kind of took a turn. Mm-hmm. He started breathing over the ventilator. And I was like, we're going to do this. It's going to come off this. There's um, almost
2: like a stubbornness in us of like, no, you're not going to tell us that. Like, mm-hmm. well, like.
1: Well, when she told me, gonna... when the doctor told me a doctor that I had never seen before and never seen since told me that she didn't have anything to give me. Mm -hmm. I was like, we're going to find something to give me. I'm going to find some hope in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what I did from there on out. I was like, positive vibes only. Like, you can't (laughs) come in here, you know, with negative energy. Um, And, yeah, we were in the hospital. He was extubated. We got moved to the infant-toddler floor. Lucy got discharged. Um, That was probably the... Not the hardest thing of all of it but that was a really difficult time because there were three weeks where we didn't we saw her very very yeah. very little yeah. Yeah. um we rarely left the hospital yeah we utilized the FedEx house which was such um a, such a godsend yeah. yeah um and our parents brought Lucy to us so we were able to spend the night with her a few nights we'd have
2: one of our parents stay with in Henry the room with Henry and we'd go stay with Lucy at the FedEx house okay and then if we didn't have a night at the FedEx house, we'd stay in the room and Lucy would stay with one of the sets of grandparents. And um, probably around that time too is when we kind of felt freedom to actually leave the hospital.
1: Once he was extubated and once he was on the infant toddler floor, Mm -hmm. awake and alert and, you know, acting normal, we felt like it was okay for us to. Yeah. Take some breaks. Yes. Okay. So, so he's there. How long total? We were there from December 28th until January 22nd, okay, so a, a right around weeks. right yeah, four
0: weeks. weeks. Okay, and so, um, and at that point, I mean, he's still at this
1: point a little less than two months old, so at that point you really don't know the magnitude. We don't see any deficits yeah. at that point, yeah. you know, yeah. like when he's breathing on his own, yeah. he. we were told what could, we were given... Yeah, all my, of the different, you know, we case asked to the all interviews. the like Could be. what if questions uh-huh. and things
2: like that. And I remember, you know, then the care conference was really tough because they they have to just give you the black and white. Mm-hmm. Here's what's showing up. Here's what we see. But um, our infectious disease doctor uh, and one of the ret- doctor De yeah, doctor De Vincenzo and uh, doctor Hanson, one of the other doctors, like pulled us aside in a room and was like. They're going to tell you all this black and white information. Here's what we see. But what happens with Henry from here on out is up to you guys. Mm-hmm. And like, it's up to Henry. And mm-hmm. it's up to Henry. But and it changed it's also our like entire perspective. His quality of life is going to be based on what you allow him the opportunity to do and not do. Um, and that definitely changed our perspective completely because it was like, we're not going to let Henry be defined by these scans and things like that. Like, we're going to give him opportunities and therapies and you know, anything that we can um to help him out and and we're not gonna let him we're not gonna be like defined by yeah yeah. all this stuff. And and I think part of that came from uh a family that I know that has a son with Down syndrome who and they have like I think literally like fourteen or fifteen kids Mm -hmm. and um their son with Down syndrome is their second youngest and they just Mm -hmm. nothing was ever different for him. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that family and seeing like how their son was just a part of life and like Mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, obviously had you have to do things different for kids with special needs, but he was just another one of the kids and he Mm -hmm. hung out with their siblings and he hung out with siblings' friends and stuff like that. And so that's kind of for me, it was like Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we're not going to make Henry be like Mm We're not gonna do things different just because of this. Like we'll do the things we need to do for him. Yeah. But it's not gonna define him. It's not gonna exactly. define him. He's yeah. a he's a part of our family and Yeah. You know. And I
1: remember walking into a new neurologist. Um Dr. Carmarker was our old neurologist. She moved away. We went and saw a new neurologist and she told us she was like, This is not what I was expecting to walk into. She goes, based on his chart and his MRIs, like I was not expecting to see a child sitting up on their own, Mm. babbling, Mm -hmm. eating snacks, you know, things like that. So the scans really, they're devastating. Mm -hmm. They are. But Henry is living proof that the scans don't define it. They don't have the final word. So you
0: go home and you're just at that point trying to get back to life as best you can. (laughs) In there, y'all also move.
1: Well, okay, yeah. so we went back home to his parents' house. Jake had taken FMLA for 12 weeks, okay. and we had until the middle of February okay. um, to make the move back to, or to, you know, make the trip back to Little Rock.
2: So we, Yeah, we stayed in Collierville doing all his therapies and follow-ups and all that stuff, and then in February moved back to Little Rock, but we were still keeping all his doctors and everything here because it's so close, so we'd come back.
1: I had like a trauma connection to Lavonner. And I was like, I don't trust anybody else yeah. uh, to touch my child. We're going to drive. We're going to make the two and a half hour drive multiple times a
2: week. Yeah. So to we were Memphis. doing that for a month, probably a month and a half. Um, and then, you know, another part of the story happens with work and stuff like that. But eventually we moved back here full time uh, in June of. 2018. So yeah. when they're six months old, okay. Uh, we're back here, and yeah, everything's back here.
0: Okay, okay. And so, when do you
1: start to have some ideas that maybe there are some deficits? Well, we knew that there were going to be deficits. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> based on the scans, mm-hmm. we knew that vision was a huge um, concern. Yes, huge okay. concern. We knew his
2: occipital lobe had pretty much been destroyed completely. Yeah, completely. Uh, and so
1: if he was, he has CVI, which is cortical visual impairment, mm-hmm. um, which means that his eyeballs and his optic nerve work totally fine. Um, he he takes in all the information that you and I do, but his brain does not know how to process it. Okay. Um, and any time, like the occipital lobe is the number one place for the vision to be processed in the brain. And since that's gone, any time he sees anything at all, it's because a new connection was made somewhere else in the brain, mm-hmm. which is wild. Mm. Um, But vision was a huge concern. Um, They can't or they couldn't diagnose him with cortical visual impairment impairment until after, I think, six or seven months because there was something else. I can't remember what it is now that they needed to rule out first. Okay. Like immature, mm-hmm. something something with his eyes. I can't remember. There's
2: still a ton of unknowns because of how young he was. Mm-hmm. And we... We were always told, like, well, once he can communicate with you more, yeah, we'll be able to know more, whether that's vision or whatever. Um, mobility was a huge concern for us. Um,
1: we were actually told during the CARE conference that his life expectancy would depend on whether or not he ever was able to get up and walk. Mm-hmm. So that, like, really, yeah, for me, that stuck with me and still sticks with me today because he is walking. Mm-hmm. He does walk. Um, his speech is severely delayed. Mm-hmm. Um his vision. He is legally blind. Okay. Um and is it one eye or both that are affected? It's both, both. eyes. Okay. Um, we basically just refer to him as extremely low vision because he mm-hmm. can see. Okay. He knows when somebody walks into the room, he can see our our the shape of our body and he knows who it is. Okay. He can see colors, shapes, okay. letters, things like that. But
2: the way it's s- been described to us is different for every kid and some people only have tunnel vision, no peripheral. Some people only have peripheral, no tunnel. Some people, it's like looking at An abstract a puzzle painting. that's been dumped on the floor and you're trying to piece together the puzzle pieces. Sometimes it can be like if you're watching TV and something gets blurred out mm. and you're trying to determine what it is that's blurred out. Um, and that's one of those things that they told us like, well, we'll know what he sees when he can communicate to mm-hmm. us and... Recent, but this
1: has been his life for five yeah, years recently, now, and he doesn't know any different. We recently so it's been
2: like, what he he won't know what something quote unquote looks like because he's always seen it. Yeah, the way, way he Ther- sees it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and
1: I don't think he would be able to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, mommy, daddy, I this doesn't look right.
2: Yeah, yeah. this water um, bottle doesn't look right. Yeah, because how would he know? That's how it's he's just always. always. It's basically seen. just
1: parent and teacher uh-huh. observation. Okay. Um. But yeah, vision was a main concern.
0: So he went into therapies. Yes. Yeah. At
1: like I think seven or eight weeks old. Yes. Yeah, so we got discharged on, on a Thursday, and I think he had therapy on a Tuesday. Like yeah. it was right away. We got into the t to the tennis. Yeah, T-I-S. T-I-S, uh-huh. Tennessee Early Intervention Services right away. Okay, um, so that was a huge and really help. all the therapies. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. so he was receiving speech, OT, physical, and physical
2: mm-hmm.
0: everything. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: So tell me, tell me about now tell me about so he's 5 mm-hmm. okay you said he's walking mm-hmm. yep. communicating yes in his own way in his own way yeah. yes okay oh. so communicating in his own way so so the world would say if the world looked at him the world would say he's not doing exactly what a 5 year old should do correct but for what henry Was given
1: Uh, for what he should quote
2: unquote should be doing. He's doing amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay. So and honestly, he we figured it out. He's about eighteen months behind Lucy, and he's still staying right about there. Okay. So he has not stopped progressing. He continues to progress. Yeah. Um. You know, I am fearful that one day we'll hit a plateau, and Uh that's okay. You know, that that's to probably be expected. Yeah. Um. But he's the happiest. Continuing to. Yeah. He's the happiest little kid I've ever seen in my entire life, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of kids. Um, and tell me about Lucy with Henry. She's Lucy, oh, she's my heart. She is outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. They're both in a program called the Typical Peer Program mm-hmm. in Collierville. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry is obviously a special needs student, mm-hmm. and Lucy is a typical peer. They're yeah. in different schools, so obviously different classrooms. Oh, they're not even at the same school? Mm-mm. Okay. They okay. will be next year for kindergarten. Okay. Um, but uh, having Henry as her brother and being in this program, I have never been more proud of mm-hmm. anybody in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a phone call a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, whatever, um, saying that she had a positive office referral because somebody caught her helping a friend who was learning how to walk. Mm. And she didn't know she was being watched, but she was handling yeah. him with compassion and care mm. And to hear those words mm-hmm. described <laughs> about your yeah. five year old daughter. Yeah. yeah. I I can't ask for anything else mm-hmm. than that. Well,
2: yeah. I, I think we would have, regardless, we would have raised our kids to be like that. But having a special needs kid in the house we we talk a lot about uh, you know, when she was younger we talked we called it different abilities rather than disabilities mm, and that's a beautiful um, way to say it. Extra needs. And so we said, you know, Henry has different abilities and your friends in your class that you're going into they're going to have different abilities than you do and so
1: and the way she's handled it is just so sweet. she asks the questions like she she notices the differences she's mm-hmm. not scared to ask questions and one of her best friends is i don't know what i don't know what this child's diagnosis is but i do know she has a g tube she cannot speak mm-hmm. and it's one of Lucy's best friends mm-hmm. like she she was, was out <laughs> for an extended period of time this little girl and Lucy was so concerned Mm -hmm. and so sad. And and even
2: last week, I was talking to Lucy about her friends in her class. I was like, well, what kind of, what kind of different abilities are your friends? What kind of different abilities do they have and started naming kids. And I asked about this little girl and I said, well, what about her? And she goes, oh, no, she's perfectly fine. (laughs) And like, this is in her classroom. This is the most from an outsider's perspective visual. You can see the disabilities there. And Lucy's like, oh no, she's perfectly fine. Oh, I love and so Yeah, she's just she's a huge helper. She's very caring. Yeah, she sees uh, when there's a need for help or yeah. things like that. And so now they she, still
1: have like they're still yeah, she's brother a and sister. Like, but <laughs> and he's a, a typical five year old too when it comes to toys. And yes, yeah. fighting sharing. and things like that. Um, Do but, you feel like that's even though
0: um, you know been this like something henry's reaching for in the way of like i see lucy walking i see lucy doing these things i want to try that too
1: i think with speech for sure um his vision did not super progress until we were in the school system Mm -hmm. um and then all of a sudden i mean he started you know seeing things that the things that we were hearing from his teachers but we were like oh my gosh like yeah. You know, this is a miracle. Well, we so, were
2: seeing a we were seeing a doctor at Southern College who specialized in C V I and Henry's vision therapist for Collierville Schools. She would take time out of her day at the schools to meet us down at Southern College. Downtown. Wow. To, wow. From Collierville to downtown. To come like learn and she knows everything there is to know about C V I as well, but she wanted to come learn more. She she knew about Henry Like when Henry was one. She actually reached out to me long
1: before he was ever even in the school system because she had heard Mm. our story, I guess, through Facebook and through, you know, mutual friends.
2: But she wanted to do everything that she could to help Henry. And so Henry being in the school system and being with Lou, his vision therapist, like that's what kind of expedited everything with vision. Um,
1: But back to your original question, I don't necessarily know if... Him watching Lucy walk and do these things motivated him. But she, for sure, Mm -hmm. was a motivator. um, And she knew, you know, from the get-go, that it was going to be a challenge for him to walk, a challenge for him to talk, you know, things like that. And so she's just been incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't— That's amazing. I can't give a five-year-old any higher praise. Like, (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. just—I'm so impressed with her, truly. And
0: now, will that same therapist, will any of those be able to stay with him? Mm-hmm. Yes, um,
1: next year because uh, is he moving schools or is Lucy? So technically we're zoned for a different school um, The one school in Collierville that takes transfers is actually the schools that he the school that he is currently at Okay, so we are we've requested a transfer for both of them Um to Sycamore, the okay. school that Henry's at, because just for orientation and mobility pur- purposes, he knows the school. Mm-hmm. You know, he can navigate the school, and <clears throat> we feel like that's what's best for him. And Lucy loves Sycamore too. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, we'll know next month. But they'll be they'll be at the same school regardless. We just okay. want them. If we stay at Sycamore, he will have all the same mm-hmm. therapists, yeah. um, and things like that. So and he
0: will go into a typical classroom.
1: So right now, this? right now they have him visiting a mm-hmm. typical kindergarten classroom, and they do it in like fifteen minute increments, twenty minute increments, thirty minute increments. Um, he still is not potty trained, mm-hmm. and so that I think alone would disqualify him from being in okay. just a typical classroom. But our hope is that he will have some. Mm-hmm. We just want whatever's best for him. Mm-hmm. i my goal. I I, I think don't,
2: he'll always have to be in some sort of yeah. Uh, like needs extra, a little more assistance. Yeah. yeah. Extra assistance in, in education. But I don't know. that's one thing we'll talk about in our IEP this spring is is what kindergarten looks like. But um because I don't know if that's their goal for him. Mm-hmm. Um like Kelsey said, we It's want... not
1: our goal for him to be in a typical classroom. Mm-hmm. While I would love that, is I want like whatever's gonna be best for him academically yeah. and relationally, mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah. Um so that's really wonderful,
0: well, I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot more. I think your story is is um pretty phenomenal. I mean, y'all are extremely strong what y'all have been through and um, gone through, and to be told the things that y'all were told and to see even with your own eyes the things I think one of the the parts that I, I remember vividly with Forrest and then just since is that one of the beautiful things that a a sickness like this happening to a baby versus it happening to an adult yeah. an adult would not recover it, it just wouldn't because the brain and all of those things but with the baby and you've talked about some the pathways that they can yeah. then create that are brand new um and we saw some of that Forrest um where his bleed was and the damage to his brain he should have been having seizures all the time and he never had one wow. and so you know i remember getting those same conversations, and it happened to be that just the way that his brain was kind of, you know, he didn't absorb all the blood, but the way that his brain was kind of reworking in a way where a a grade three head bleed in the place that it was in an adult would have been catastrophic, like immediately. Mm -hmm. And so it's really amazing that. um, And so that's why it's, it's on one hand hard for parents to get news because you have this We don't know what we're up against. Exactly. You know, it's this long road. And I think too, probably even this struggle of, you know, this new thing that you're coming up against. Is this because of what happened at four weeks? Or is this because he is a five-year-old boy who blank has happened? Or um, and that's I think this club that you joined of even, you know, we've had a lot of moms on who Children have had shunts, and we've talked about, you know, if a child with a shunt throws up or spikes a fever, you have to immediately react in the way that something is wrong with the shunt, mm-hmm. even though a lot of cases they just have an illness, yeah, you know, right. that a typical child has. But you can't assume that it's that. You have to immediately react. You have to go to the mercy room. You have to have the shunt checked. Um, And so it's always this. And so for parents that have children that have had any medical interventions, any, you know, chronic illness, anything else, you know, I feel like y'all are always a little more on guard. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Know, because Absolutely. of what's happened and, and what you've had to face. Um, but also so beautiful because you can celebrate every little moment with him and yes. that what, you know, to others may be a you know we all of us that have children, I mean, seeing your child crawl or walk or sit up are a big deal, but to y'all, it's been amazing it's yeah, it's yeah. a
1: miracle for him every single thing that he does is something that we were told that he may never do, yeah,, yeah. and that alone makes every single milestone that he reaches a a true miracle, yeah, um yeah. it's it it's amazing,
0: well. We just, on the podcast, I mean, definitely want to say thank y'all for sharing your story. I know it's not easy, and I know um, the road has been long and hard, (laughs) And um, but we appreciate y'all sharing. Um, We appreciate y'all being honest. Um, We don't talk a lot on here about the kind of technically the warning signs, um, but I do feel like you said some things that are kind of key um, just to be aware of. So it's very just, important to me. Yeah, if you just want to touch on that, like what are some things looking back, um, you know, that that were signs now that you, you know, maybe wish you had been aware of so you could have moved a little bit quicker?
1: Well, I think I said this, or at least I said this to him in the car. The only experience that I had with GBS meningitis was forest mm-hmm. story. I did not know. I was completely unaware that late onset GBS meningitis was was a thing. Mm-hmm. I figured once they were born and healthy and you took them home, and there weren't any mm-hmm. complications or, or issues, that we were in the clear. Mm-hmm. Um And so I w- I wish that I had had a little bit more knowledge of gBS. um but I understand why a doctor is not going to go to that first, especially when you test negative, which I did. Yeah. Um, they don't want to scare moms, but there are some things that I wish I had known. Um, now we know that a baby who has GBS has a very distinct high-pitched cry or grunt, mm. which Henry did the entire um, night and into the early morning of mm. the 28th. Okay. Um. And so he was just restless. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was restless but also lethargic. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how yeah. to explain that. Um, he was not eating, mm-hmm. um, but he never spiked a fever. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing in my brain that I would associate with meningitis is high fever, mm-hmm. which he never had. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stress enough how quickly his progressed. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, at mm-hmm. the very beginning, we were... With the EMTs in his parents' living room saying, hey, everything looks totally normal. Mm-hmm. When then two hours later, his heart rate was in the 200s. He was intubated. Mm-hmm. It just moves yeah. mm-hmm. unbelievably quickly. It's not a slow-moving mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thing. Um, but, you know, you never want to scare mm-hmm. new moms. But, like I said, the things that I wish that I had known were the warning signs mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. symptoms of GBS, which are fever, which he never had, the shrill, mm-hmm. high-pitched Uh, crying the grunting the grunting was the most disturbing because he came in to the er very dehydrated Mm. and a baby that small who's grunting all night out of their mouth is obviously going to lose and not eating is going to lose a lot of Mm -hmm. um the fluid in their body Mm. and so uh that's a big thing can you think of any other you said lethargic, just mm-hmm. struggling to eat. Babies should yeah. want to eat. I would also say to any mom out there, trust your gut.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, go to the ER. Mm-hmm. You're not bothering anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, advocate for your child. Mm-hmm. If you feel like your child is sick, mm-hmm. advocate for them. Yeah. If you um, don't
2: like what you're being told, advocate for them. Like worst
1: yeah. case scenario, what yeah. you get embarrassed because you were wrong. Yeah. I would much rather be embarrassed and wrong than you know. Mm -hmm. ignore my gut and you know not do anything at all yeah Yeah. so yeah those are the signs and symptoms of gbs but you know i'm always conflicted about Mm -hmm. how much i share with that with new moms or with Mm -hmm. pregnant moms because you know there's already so much anxiety surrounding (laughs) pregnancy and childbirth that you know you don't really want to think about the bad things that could happen but unfortunately Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know Mm -hmm. it is a reality for some people so yeah
0: yeah well, thank you for sharing that. I've heard you say that a few times. And, um, you know, I, I think that's good to know. I've told parents a lot, too. Um, we've had a few instances of RSB and other things where... Um, you know, oh, the pulling. Too, the pulling. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I meant
1: to say that too. The pulling in the neck.
0: Uh-huh, in the tummy. Yeah. yeah. And I would
1: say, to, like you said, RSV, this yeah. is not just GBS uh-huh. exclusive. If yeah. your child is yeah. pulling, not normal. they are yeah. struggling to breathe. Uh-huh. Take uh-huh. them in. Yeah. Um, if they are still pulling and the doctor is trying to discharge you yeah. from the ER, you stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the
0: pulling is really... Um, yeah. And it's something. If you, if you lift up the shirt and you see the pulling, you'll know yes. it's not a normal yeah.
1: thing. Yes. Um, but like you said, sometimes we're so sleep-deprived, and... My mom saw the pulling the night before, and it was very slight, yeah. very subtle, and it wasn't happening every single time he would breathe, so she was like, let's just keep an eye on it. Yeah. And she's a nurse in the ER, so, yeah. you know, uh-huh. like, even she yeah. wasn't super concerned about it. His mom wasn't super concerned about it until... Yeah. In- yeah until everything happened yeah. you know yeah well thank you for
0: coming on thank you for sharing your story and um it's it's a, a joy to see y'all be parents it's a joy to see Luke and Henry I mean Luke and Henry <laughs> Lucy Lucy and Henry Maybe if he if we had, had two boys he <laughs> had been Luke right. and Henry Lucy and Henry do so well and um thank you all for sharing your
1: story thanks for having Absolutely. us it's a privilege to be thank here thank you
0: Thank you for listening to our latest episode. We hope that this podcast is a resource for you and a source of support. Whether you are facing illness in your own family or want to walk beside other families dealing with childhood illness, we want the stories, wisdom, and knowledge shared to give you hope. Episodes will be released bi-weekly, so be sure to subscribe today.